a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to the expanded Inside Sources. Great to be with you for the next two hours from 1 to 3 every weekday here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson. I hope you are ready today. I hope you're ready to dig a little deeper, think a little bigger, challenge your assumptions just a little stronger, and of course, when necessary, disagree just a little bit better. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Uh, fascinating today that uh, the hashtag RetireBriar got some momentum around the country, uh, encouraging the justice of the United States Supreme Court. To retire at age 82. Now, to be fair, there's been uh, a lot of uh, speculation about when Justice Breyer would step down from the court. Uh, So this is not uh, totally a surprise. But it is interesting that uh, many on the left uh, are really jumping on board this bandwagon. Uh, And I think, of course, the uh, reminder of the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg of her passing Uh, not stepping down uh, during the Obama administration and uh, thus creating that space when she passed away uh, that allowed former President Donald Trump uh, to then nominate uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. And so that's the politics of it all. And the thing I want us to think again about today is why the Supreme Court of the United States has become so political, Uh, why that we're not focusing on truth and trust and Justices that can call balls and strikes, uh, as opposed to all the political wrangling that's been going on that has been undermining our trust and confidence in the court itself and in the whole judicial branch of government, uh, which is really the last bastion of trust in government. Uh, Trust for the executive branch is not real high. Trust of the Congress, the legislative branch is even lower And now if we start to erode and drain out the trust that we do have in the judicial system and in the Supreme Court in particular, if that all becomes political, then then we've got all kinds of problems coming. Uh, So I want to break this down just a little bit. I want to look at why this is, what the real root cause is, and what we actually should be doing about it uh, is is the real issue. So I do want to start um, with uh, a take from uh, one Democratic representative uh, who is – One of those very vocal uh, talking about why it's important for Justice Breyer uh, to resign now so that President Biden, while he still has a majority in the Senate, uh, can appoint someone new to the Supreme the Supreme Court. There is no question that Justice Breyer, for whom I have great respect, should retire at the end of this term. I mean, my goodness, have we not learned our lesson? Uh, and, and so I'm really excited about the opportunity for this president, President Biden, to appoint and then for the Senate to confirm jurists 
on the Supreme Court who are not hostile to our democracy, who will adjudicate cases that will protect and preserve voting rights, uh, and that will respect the will of Congress, frankly. I, I mean, it is really an activist 6-3 majority that we have that struck down the heart of the Voting Rights Act in 2013, uh, a Voting Rights Act that had been reauthorized in 2006 unanimously in the Senate. Imagine that. Uh, and nearly unanimously in the House of Representatives. So there's something very different about today's Supreme Court. And now it's more conservative than it was in the year 2013 when Justice Roberts uh, issued the opinion deciding that Shelby case. All right. So, again, uh, that's Representative Jones uh, out of New York. And, uh, again, to me, uh, so much to disagree with in that statement uh, in terms of how he was even looking at it. He talked about, have we not learned our lesson? Uh, talked about the cases decided uh, 6-3. Uh, while most of the cases in the Supreme Court that are heard before the Supreme Court are decided eight to one, nine to zero, seven to two, uh, it's uh, only a few that actually get to the six three five four space. Now, I want you to listen for a second uh, to Justice Breyer. He spoke at Harvard Law School in April, uh, talking about why we've got to be very careful about turning the bench into a politically motivated body. The rule of law has weathered many threats, but it remains sturdy. I hope and expect that the court will retain its authority, an authority that my stories have shown was hard won. But that authority, like the rule of law, depends on trust, a trust that the court is guided by legal principles, not politics. Structural alteration motivated by the perception of political influence can only feed that latter perception. Further eroding that trust, there is no shortcut. There's no shortcut. Trust in the courts without which our system cannot function requires knowledge. It requires understanding. It requires engagement. In a word, it requires work, work on the part of all citizens. And we must undertake that work together. All right, I often uh, disagree with uh, some of the rulings, some of the opinions of Justice Breyer, but I think he nailed it there at Harvard Law School back in April, talking about it's, it's critical that we have trust, that we get beyond just the politics of it all. And the thing that we've got to think again about is why. And I think the reason why, and we'll come back to this a little later in the show today, is that because Congress is not doing its job, because it's passing these lovely sounding bills uh, that have nothing in them and they hereby bequeath to the executive branch the ability to write the law, figure out the rules, enforce them, uh, all of that is the reason why. Because then once something happens... Then we end up in the court, and it works its way to the Supreme Court. And for too long, we've been looking at the Supreme Court as superheroes. I'm telling you, they wear robes, not capes, for a reason. They shouldn't be rewriting law. They shouldn't be having to fix the problems that Congress creates, knowing that it's going to go to the courts anyway. And so a lot of the challenges, a lot of the frustrations on both the left and the right as it relates to the court is because Congress continues to refuse to do its job uh, and to step up and legislate 
meaningful, effective uh, bills and legislation, laws uh, that then can be carried out. And until we get that fixed, uh, we're going to continue to have these kinds of battles. And again, it will just ebb and flow uh, with who's in the White House and uh, which justices are getting ready to retire. And this uh, debate will continue. But we've got to think differently about how we're approaching the Supreme Court of the United States. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Today is National Day of Prayer here in the United States of America. We're going to talk to a number of folks as we go through the program. Coming up next, we'll have Pastor Moses from Calvary Baptist and Imam Shueb uh, from our friends at uh, the local mosque here in Salt Lake City community. And uh, you want to hear what they have to say. Great insight, great power coming up next on Inside Sources. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.